Hello and welcome back to this week's double episode of The Carousel Project. Today we are talking still about the 100 years of magic. There was so much going on at this event that celebrated Walt Disney's 100th birthday that we decided to do a second little bonus episode and zippity zoppity we are so excited to get into it. We are so excited. Yeah, we just figured there were a few more things we could touch on, including a concept that I mentioned in the last episode. Um, so We're here to talk about Kate's weenie. <laughs> Not my weenie, the park's weenies. There's the multiple. park's weenies. There are multiple. We're, ta- we're here to talk about that. We're here to talk a little bit more about the partnerships and some of the other really cool things that Walt Disney World and um, the company, the Walt Disney Company, did to celebrate Walt's 100th birthday. So exactly. let's jump into it. And I think, Kate, yes, I think start start with the weenies. Okay. So basically, weenie is a Walt Disney dev- devised term which is basically an attention getter the concept came from when he was trying to get his dog's attention he would hold up a weenie a hot dog to get the dog's attention so basically in each of these parks starting with sleeping beauty castle they have what they call a weenie something to lead people in the direction of where they're trying to go spaceship earth the castle um even large attractions like Tower of Terror, um, or on Dumbo's Flying Elephant, how they're in the, they're lifted into the air. You seeing the elephants in the sky, that's a weenie drawing you towards the attraction. So if you want to learn more about this concept, you can check out Marty Scalar's book, One Little Spark, Mickey's Ten Commandments. I need to read that book. I have all three of Marty Scalar's books. Um, it is my life's biggest regret that I never got to meet him. Um, but he, he is an amazing part of the entire story for the Disney parks. One little spark, Mickey's 10 commandments. There is a chapter. One of the commandments is create your weenie. So I just wanted to clear up the weenie situation for you guys. I actually, I learned about a weenie for the first time when I was on a class that I took in college where we studied communication at our university. And then we came to the to Walt Disney World as a class to learn about communication. And we used the YES program and we went to classes at Disney and then we also spent time in the parks. And one of the tours we went on, we actually did learn about the weenie. And in uh, Magic Kingdom, I thought it was particularly interesting because if you are standing right in the hub, kind of near the area of Walt Disney's statue, and Mm -hmm. you look down into the different pathways into each land, you'll kind of see one of the weenies. So if you look to your side into Tomorrowland, you're going to see the Astro Orbiter, which is right up there in the sky. You're going to probably see some of um, Space Mountain in the distance. Even that pathway next to it, if you look down that pathway, the small one, um, next to Tomorrowland, you will see uh, the spinning teacups. If you look straight through the castle, you will see... um, The carousel. The only um, pathway that doesn't have a weenie is actually Adventureland. And our tour guide told us, and she was amazing. She was one of the tour guides who had been with the company for years. Um, I actually very distinctly remember when the Bucket List family came to visit Disney. Do you remember that? We should talk about that partnership one episode because that was a crazy partnership they did with the Bucket List family. That idea was incredible. Mm -hmm. But I digress. She did their tours. She toured the Bucket List family around. Um, She was 
was incredible. I wish I could remember her name. But she had told us that the reason there was no weenie in Adventureland was because Walt said the name Adventureland should be a weenie in itself and should draw people in. Adventureland should just naturally draw people in. We love so that. I think that's important to talk about because we definitely will be mentioning, I'm sure, weenies down the line as we continue. You will hear about continue. weenies again. You will hear about weenies again, for sure, on the Carousel Project. <laughs> we just wow. wanted to clarify, but let's jump back into the 100 years of magic because there was just so much going on. Again, if you haven't watched the first episode, you definitely should because it will make more sense. But the 100 years of magic was a celebration that started on October 1st, 2001, um, which was the 30th anniversary of Walt Disney World, but it was to celebrate Walt Disney's 100th birthday, which was on December 5th, 2001. Um, The celebration lasted more than a year. There were all different kinds of um, activations at all of the different parks. There were so many different brand partnerships, um, and the the place where that hosted the um, event was specifically Disney's Hollywood Studios, which... We talked a little bit about the discrepancy of the name of that park. There was there was a lot of stuff going on for the 100 Years of Magic. And we just felt like after our first episode, we just had some more things that we did not want to leave out. And as this is our season finale for this season, we really wanted to make sure we shared all of the cool stuff we found. So, Kate, I know you found some really cool initiatives going on um, at the Walt Disney Company back in 2001. So um, I'm just going to touch on this volunteers, and that's spelled volin with ears like mouse ears at the end. (laughs) Um, They had an initiative just for this celebration. Um, It started in October of 2001, and basically from October 5th to October 14th, various Disney divisions, including the parks, um, you know, and the other divisions that were owned by Disney at the time, were participating in more than 100 volunteer projects. Um, And the goal was to help um, 100,000 children before Walt Disney's birthday with these um, with these projects. So an example of one project I saw at the LA Times that they covered was um, in Southeast Glendale at New Horizons. Um, the Walt Disney Company, including our boy Mikey, Bob Iger was there. They brought um, goodie bags of toys for the kids. They also donated $30,000 for new playground equipment at the facility. And they even painted a Little Mermaid-themed mural for um, New New Horizons. So that was just an example of one of the projects that they did. But I thought this was a really cool um, concept from, like, a volunteer's perspective. Um, I This actually jotted my memory for other volunteer projects, like the Give a Day, Get a Disney Day thing that they did um, a few years mm-hmm. later. We need to do an episode on that eventually. But I thought it was cool that while they're also doing all this stuff in the parks, they found a way to give back and do some promotion for the company in a volunteer set, setting as well. So I yeah. thought that was cool. I think it's really cool. I absolutely love volunteers working for the company. I got to work. Um, I got to go to some volunteers events. I really, really liked it because at least when I was at the company, um, and I believe it's still like this now, which hopefully I'll get to figure out soon. I'm so excited. But they would, um, you could go to volunteers events that they scheduled. So I was able to walk in the Orlando Pride Parade. I was able to go to a big event uh, like Pause in the Park for for animal shelters. Um, and then also you could track your hours that you did on your own. Um, and if you hit a certain amount of hours, they would match. I think they would make a donation in your name for a certain amount of money oh, wow. based on how many hours you volunteered. I donated mine to this foundation that um, helps third world countries have clean water. Ooh, 
cool. Um, I watched this video on it that I was particularly inspired by, and it was a very random charity, like a very, I feel like they're not as well known as some of the bigger ones. You know, like I, I feel like everybody knows, obviously, like American Cancer Society or Make-A-Wish, but they had it. It was really, really cool. Um, so the volunteers program is incredible. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really interesting and so much fun that they made that a part of this celebration. Um, and it, it, again, as we talk about the juxtaposition between the 100 Years of Magic and the other anniversaries and the 50th anniversary coming up, I wonder if there will be um, special like 50th anniversary volunteers events as well. Well, um, I actually found a link posted on the Walt Disney Company website from October 5th of 2001 on this whole thing. They actually called it the Global Celebration of Children, this um, two-week initiative. So I'll be sure to give you that link to put in the show notes. But it talks about Mm -hmm. some of the countries that they did these projects in. And then um, it even has a quote from our boy Mikey just talking about how he didn't think this could have been a more appropriate way to celebrate Walt Disney's life than to um, help 100,000 children around the world. So kind of a cool concept. Oh, apparently they did a food bank in Baton Rouge. I'm just skimming. There's there's lots of things mm-hmm. they did. I'm going to include the article, though, so people can look at it. Anyway, yeah. that's that. <laughs> That's that. Of course, we talked a little bit, we touched upon in the first part of this episode, Disney's partnership with McDonald's for this event. I'm really sad because I really wanted to find more on the glasses. I really wanted to find more on the um, very specific like ways to get the glasses. Like, Did they have all four of them at once? Um, and if, if listeners don't know what I'm talking about, Disney and McDonald's had a partnership. We have a whole episode on that. But they did have glasses out for the 100 years of magic so they had glasses out I believe for the millennium celebration right Kate there was a set of glasses for the millennium celebration I don't know and then enough one about for the that, hundred I'm years sure there was I, if I yeah guess, I think I'm sure there was I think the millennium celebration glasses are the ones that I have they're kind of square I'm 99.999% sure those were for the millennium celebration that was in 2000 of course and then they had these ones for the hundred years I am on the hunt for them every time I go to a thrift shop these are rounded and then I think they did one more collection, but I can't remember which one, but I wanted to find, I was really hoping to be able to find some kind of like advertisement, maybe a poster Mm -hmm. that had been on the wall at the McDonald's. I didn't know if just like the Happy Meal toys, they released them, you know, once a week if they had all of them at once. But they had a set of these McDonald's glasses, which we know McDonald's and Disney did lots of things back then. They had the Hercules plates. So that was really cool. And then as we talked about already in the first episode, they had 100 toys from 100 different characters for kids to collect. And that was a really, really cool partnership. I had done additional research after our first episode to see if I could find out some more information on exactly how these were offered. Um, but unfortunately, I just couldn't I couldn't really find anything. Those are kind of the nitty gritty details that I don't think people really document anywhere. But yeah, still really cool that they had no, those partnerships and, and I'm sure they were very, very, very successful. So I, while you were talking, I just looked and it looks like on March 4th, 2002, um, there was an article on a website about McDonald's celebrating the Walt Disney World 100 Years of Magic with 100 Happy Meal toys and special edition glassware. Um, so it looks like the promotion was running from March 8th to April 4th of 2002. So it was only about a month long that people could gather these 100 years of magic toys and the glasses. 
And that's so crazy. I would not have thought it would have started in March. Well, also it started in March 2002, which is at the tail end of this celebration. It's not. It's the so the celebration was from October. Started in 2001. Yeah, Yeah, October first. October towards the end of the year. To I found I actually found um, this press pin set that I'm going to talk about later. Mm -hmm. They actually had the dates of the celebration. This is the only place I could find (gasps) it. So cool. So the official Mm -hmm. dates were October 1st, 2001 to December 31st, 2002. So I'm so not good at knowing like. I don't know when it goes into the next year. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible with numbers. Too. No, I, know, I am same. terrible with numbers. So when I hear like, oh, the celebration started October 1st, 2001, March of the next year sounds so far out. But you're right. This was like an over year long celebration. So I guess that really isn't that far out. But I don't know. It just sounded it was like it kind was to of, me. It, I get, I'm not good at ma- maps, like, not maps, <laughs> uh, calendars. But it seems like it was basically within the first six months of the celebration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that kind of tracks. Yeah. But I'm like you. I figured they would have started it October yeah, exactly. I was thinking you were yeah. going to say, exactly. That's what I was okay, thinking yeah, you were, we're going to say page, was yeah. like, oh, it was in October or November or December or like, you know what I mean? Like yes. January, February, March seems so far from the initial excitement. Yeah, but it but. was only a month. <laughs> That's crazy. It was only a month. And then I found some old Happy Meal boxes from that time. And it looks like one side of the box featured um, Mickey and Minnie and their um, Disney mm-hmm. Stars and Motor Cards parade float. And then like the other side had the hat and it was boasting the fact that it's like a 12 story tall hat. So anyway, I thought that was fun. That's really all I had about McDonald's. But I'm going to make a point to link this article too in case people want to reference that back. So I guess I could talk about this 100 Years of Magic press pin set, which I only stumbled upon because I found a picture of Mikey outside of One Man's Dream during the dedication, which, fun fact, the dedication for that attraction, even though it opened on October 1st, was not until December 5th, 2001 in honor of the 100th birthday, which I thought was fun, yeah. So Mikey was there, he had his 100 years of magic ball cap on and he was on kind of like a (laughs) lifted stage um that had um the stage was decorated with big film strips kind of like wait you have to pause okay he was wearing a hundred years of magic baseball cap and you and I have not tried to find Adam I need you to start googling where we can buy that hundred year baseball cap I need statistics from eBay okay I need pricing I was gonna tell you while I was gonna tell you I actually did look up hundred years of magic merch I found out there's a sweatshirt um and there is a hat so we will be purchasing purchasing those immediately after this the sweatshirt on the back it has a bunch of um, special dates, like the dates of each of the mm-hmm, parks mm-hmm. opening and the Lion King special, the Lion King um, Broadway show um, when Steamboat Willie came out. So that's how they decorated that um, sweatshirt. But jumping back, so basically, I found out that the Hundred Years of Magic press event took place on December fifth, two thousand one, um, along with this dedication. So I was like, "Hi, huh, I wonder if I could find anything else about this." So that's where I came up with this pin set that I think was apparently only available at this press event. But the pin set it included 16 pins, um, and it came in this really cool box that has the dates on it and everything. But each pin um, 
they all look exactly the same. They're kind of a rectangular shape, and mm-hmm. each of them features. Oh, we're, to, we're gonna have to put these in the show notes. Yes. They sound incredible. So they each, sound so cool. Each of them, um, they feature one of the new things that came out with the hundred year, years of magic celebration. So oh, Playhouse cool. Disney, discover the stories behind the magic, just to name some. But some of the ones that stood out to me that are kind of sad is um, they had one for Pop Century, which we all know was not actually. It, this didn't age well. It didn't end up becoming a part of the celebration. But um, I did think it was cool. They had they had them for one one man's dream. Um, who wants to be a millionaire? Play it. But yeah, there were sixteen of them, and um, I thought that was kind of fun too. That is really cool. I mean, it, it yeah. does stink the things that we know never made it, but that is really really cool. Not that Pop Century didn't make it, but it, Kate, maybe do you want to give a little bit of background yeah. on, on that? Just because if if you don't watch the first episode, because people are going to be like, "What the heck?" I've stayed at Pop Century a million times. Okay, so basically, Pop Century was supposed to open as. Um, two different sets of years the classic years and I don't remember what the other years were supposed to be called off the top of my head Adam if you want to look that up while we're sitting here um (laughs) so the classic years were supposed to open first um in March of 2002 um as we know or as you may not know it did not end up opening until 2003 um and the other half of the resort across the generational gap lake or whatever it's called um just sat Mm -hmm. abandoned for well over a decade we did not see art of animation come to fruition until 2012 so the existing buildings that were already built those became the little mermaid rooms at art of animation but anybody that stayed at pop century for those 10 years until they started working on it just were wondering what the heck that abandoned resort area was, you know? Um, so, so crazy. So it was supposed to basically cover from the 1900s to the, through the 1940s to 1950, because 1950 is where Pop Century starts. So that's just a little FYI on that. An FYI. Yes. So, okay. So back to these press yes. pins, which sound absolutely incredible. So you say press pins, were they available to anyone or does it sound like these were like a, a gift for press? So that's what I can't clarify because it was 2001, but anytime I looked up hundred years of magic press event, I was seeing these pins. Mm-hmm. So then I searched hundred years of magic press event pin set and I found the full set. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe they released at the press event and then maybe after that if they had any left over they were sold in the parks but there's no real way of knowing because we didn't have the blogs that we do now Mm -hmm. where they would have a full list of where they were and what everybody was eating that day for lunch like we don't have the information Mm -hmm. from that far back I know the food is what kills me we were talking about that (laughs) in one of our lives that I Mm -hmm. wish like we have the coolest food and I was saying I don't know if Disney did specialty food like of course food at the Disney parks has always been important but in the last few years we've really, really, really seen a kick up where there's like special food for all different events and how quick service restaurants and even kiosks are getting like much better, much more themed food. Um, so I don't know if there was specialty food at these events. And I, I wish I knew. I wish there was like, just I wish we knew a little bit more about that. I- just based on like where everything is now, as far as everybody needing to photograph everything they do, I feel like the ramp up in these foods and stuff 
probably has mm-hmm. to do with the last 10 years. But oh, yeah, I'd be curious to know to to know what it was like back then. Like food, I feel like back then people were just eating for fuel and now people are <laughs> eating to get a cool picture of whatever it is that they have. And Disney is capitalizing well, on it's that. Such, it's such a moneymaker. Yes. Like if they make something look cute, they know people are going to want to eat it. I do. I, I want to eat it. <laughs> so <laughs> it definitely, it makes sense. It tracks. So oh, yeah. I wish, I wish we could have known more about that, but it's really cool because we probably won't ever have that problem again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everything now is, is, is taken pictures of and even the mundane, which is great because when we look back, we'll be able to see, you know, everything. I love and we'll it. We'll be able to remember it. I yeah, love it. It's awesome. That's why if I see an article when I'm was searching this and I found an article from anywhere within the early two thousands, I was like, is mm-hmm. this real? Like, let me click on it. And mm-hmm. it was so crazy. Um, and then, okay, so really quick, um, according to Yesterland, oh, it, they okay. just say that the Legendary Years phase, which became there Art Animation, go. was supposed to represent the first five decades of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So because Pop Century now starts at the 50s, you know, it has 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. I guess this <laughs> is supposed to be... The tens, twenties, thirties, forties. It was. It was. Or I guess it was. What? It was the nineteen hundreds, nineteen tens, nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. Yeah. It was. I wish okay, you guys could sense. see my face right now. Well, I wish our audience could see my face. <laughs> what do you put for the nineteen tens to that? De- like the nineteen twenties is the only one out of that lineup well, that I'm like, oh, okay. If I'm guess, I'm guessing they were gonna be really finessing whatever went on, like I.E. Walt Disney was born in the 1900s, so they were probably going to talk about that. 1910s, whatever. Whatever. They had a plan, guys. It didn't Do you think the Great Depression would have been finessed, Kate? (laughs) I think they would have just done the flappers and stuff like that for that year, but you know what I'm saying. Our cheapest room, the Great Depression room. (laughs) Also, really quick, there are tons of these hats on eBay, the 100 Days Magic Hat. And they're oh, yeah. $16.99 with free shipping. $16.99 and $5.99 shipping. They're Perfect. like ten dollars. Like Perfect. so there I want are these hats and I think the three of us all need them. Yeah. We I all agree. need them, but they have to be the exact, exact same one that Mikey wore. Or I don't Absolutely. want it. I send it's it back. Black. I send it's it. It's a black back. one that he was wearing. He was wearing a black hat, so Yep, there that one's on Love here. Him. It looks like there's a blue, like a navy blue version as well. Nope. Oh, it might be navy. I'll have to look back at the picture. Yeah, we I'll have double to look check. Back. It's we a dark sure. colored hat. It's a dark colored hat. So yeah, so that co- so the legendary years was the the side that never got built. The classic years is what we see today. So if you can imagine people who stay at Art of Animation, we would have had a hotel themed around the 1900s to the 1940s. And like like Josie said, we could have stayed at the Great Depression room, um, the Great Depression It could have been a really fun It could have been a really cool thing. It could have been a really fun thing. Like, okay, are you going to be the person during the Great Depression that was super poor? Or are you going to be one of like the 1% that's super rich? You don't know until you open the door of your room. We don't Hmm. really know. Sounds like a blast. So diving back in, yeah, diving these back press in. pins. Yeah, so I, I did think it was fun. Um, I mean, they were really stretching this list with the 16 pins. I mean, they have one for mm-hmm. Triceratops Spin. They have a separate one for Prim- Primeval Whirl. Like, they were really trying to be like, we've got all this stuff going on. We have um, so many new things coming. But yeah, so I'll have to get a picture of them to include for our social posts and then a link to them so people can see. Um, I think some are still available for sale. They're probably very expensive the one listing i saw was 175 dollars. so wow um they're really pricing those pins at what they think they're worth 
I tried to do a little bit of research into the Share a Dream Come True song for the celebration because that was mm. the official mm-hmm. song for the celebration, for the parade, yeah. all of that. And it was in, so as we talked about in our first episode, there were four different parades. They really made a connection between Walt and parades. They had one in every single park. And yes, as Kate was just saying, there's the, it was the same song that was used in all four, which I think is really cool because each of the different parades had very different theming. Well, I meant the the um, this was the song that was used for all the commercials um, for the video, and then the Share a Dream Come True parade. There were parts of the song in it. I don't think they were in the other parades. Um, yeah, the the research that I did, I found that the song that was created. Um, I'm trying to look in my notes for the exact yeah. name. I think we're talking about the same one that it was played in all four of the different parades as well. That's cool. I didn't find that. Um, I was yeah. just so gonna- every parade. So so what I found uh, this was from a Walt Disney World press release from yeah. back in the two, the early 2000s. But every parade incorporated the Sweet of Dreams music written oh, for the celebration. Okay, okay, was okay. what it said. Oh, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> then that makes sense. You got me. Uh, I got her, guys. You got me. Um, I got her. Yeah, because that makes sense. They kept calling it the Sweet of Dreams music, and I didn't click what that meant, but that that must be what they meant by that. So the song Share a Dream Come True, it was sang by, um, it was sung, sang? sung by kelly coffee um she has done quite a few songs for disney stuff i was trying to get confirmation that she did remember the magic um i couldn't Mm. exactly find that but it does sound like she recorded the song promise which would play after illuminations and um i got differing views that she did we go on from tapestry of nations and um, illuminations so that um, so the Share a Dream Come True song was also repurposed for Disneyland's fireworks show, Imagine a Fantasy in the Sky, that happened from November 4th to November 2005. I mean, uh, April 2005. So um, Disneyland listeners may recognize the Share a Dream Come True song from that fireworks show, too. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. So that's so. That. Is that that? Is that everything we have for this lovely, lovely two-part episode of The 100 Years of Magic? That's what I have. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun hearing from the the listeners on what Mm -hmm. this jogged their memory about. And we will definitely have to post a pic of us all with our 100 Years of Magic hats that we're Oh my gosh, we need to get them in ASAP. Yeah. (laughs) We have to order them right now. Yeah, I think it's really, really awesome. Um... I hope as we go on, if, if you're a listener and you went to any of these celebrations, if you remember anything, please feel free to reach out to us. You can find us. I am at Josie Maida on Instagram. Kate is at Kate Killebrew. And you can definitely reach out to us, especially on our, um, we also have a Instagram, of course, for the show. It is called Carousel Project Podcast. And we would love to hear more about what you remember from your time at these different celebrations or events. It makes our day, our week, our whole mm-hmm. year when we hear back from you guys. Um, so definitely um, share those stories with us. We love reminiscing with you guys. Absolutely. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think that is it for the first season ever of the Carousel Project podcast. This has been a dream come true. Kate and I have talked about this passion project for years, and I can't believe after all the things that have happened, all the things we have learned, all the speed bumps we have hit, that we are finally coming to the end of the first season. Um, I know from both of us, from our whole team, we thank you so, so, so much for listening, and we cannot wait to dive into the second season because 
really and truly from a research point of view to a technical point of view. We have learned so much and we can't wait for an even better season two. We are so excited. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Join us for a year-long celebration as we remember the 100th birthday of the man who started it all.